Hey, my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. I look forward to hearing from you soon and to your participation in the show. All right, monkeys, before we jump into the show, let's go ahead and get some of our contact info out of the way. If you'd like to contact me, I have a few different ways that you can do that. We have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-APE1, 206-745-2731. If you would like to record your own audio and have me play that for you on the show, or if you would like to write in an email and I can read that out for you, you can send that to me at thearmedape at gmail.com, all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. Over on the website, I have the Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube buttons. If you'd like to throw some financial love my way, there's a couple of different ways that you can do that. I do have a PayPal donation button. I also have an Amazon search box where it says help support the show. Basically, the way that it works is if you go through my site, so if you use that search box or if I've got a, a link to a specific product, and you click on that and you end up buying it, Amazon basically gives me a finder's fee. There's no additional cost, so shipping isn't extra. There's nothing like that. So if you were going to purchase something anyway through Amazon, I would appreciate it if you could go through my site and, again, kind of throw me some financial love. It does help support the show, and it helps me pay for things like bandwidth for hosting and for domain names. I think that's going to do it, so let's go ahead and jump into the show. Hey, monkeys, i got a few minutes here to do a little bit of a segment, so I'm going to do a follow-up on the Juicer Steamer. So I had quite the adventure with that thing. Now, I think in the last show, which I mistakenly called show number 70, which was actually 71, but in the last show I was talking about that I got the the actual Juicer Steamer for about $10. Well, I had to order... Uh, the the silicone tube and a little clamp that that uh, you use to help drain the thing, and that was about another five bucks or so. And then while I was cleaning the the pot, and it actually cleaned up really nice because it is all stainless steel. While I was cleaning that on the on the spigot, so the thing that you drain out of the reservoir pot that the the juice goes into, it was actually just kind of brazed in there. And on the spigot was sort of a dry rotted, either rubber or silicone tube that it wouldn't just slide off. You know, it didn't just come off. So I took out a utility knife and kind of, you know, cut it and carved it off as much of it as I could. And then I took some sandpaper and I was going to just twist it around there and give it kind of a final little clean. And when I was doing the twisting, it broke the brazing. So then I thought, oh boy, what am I going to do? And I got to think, and I think, well, maybe if I, uh, there's a welding shop up uh, by where I'm, you know, kind of go by a lot. And uh, I thought, well, I'll pop in there and I'll talk to those guys. Maybe one of the guys that works there would be able to do the repair for me. Just, you know, if I could throw them, you know, a case of beer or 20 bucks or something like that. Or if, if nobody there does, maybe they know somebody that can do a quick TIG weld for me. So I go in there, talk to those guys. They're real friendly and everything. And I said, hey, this is what I'm looking for. 
you know anybody that does that or does maybe some side work that comes in. And they gave me the, the number to the guy that has a local fabrication shop. So I got on the phone with him and we set up a time for me to, to, uh, to bring the, uh, the stuff that needs repair over to him. And he's like, uh, well, I should be able to do it as long as it's all stainless steel. But what you may want to do is get a piece of stainless steel that's the same outside diameter, get some tubing. And he said, uh, the place that you can go that will have that is this place called AZ Metal. So I went over there, uh, talked to those guys. They were real friendly, real nice and everything. And uh, they ended up just giving me uh, about a oh, three-inch piece or so of the tubing that I would need. And this, a lot of this stuff happened over the course of, you know, like two or three days. You know, I'd, I'd call this one guy, then have to go here. And, and when I get a little bit of free time, go to the other place. Anyway, ended up going over to uh, the fabricator. He's like, he took a look at the original piece that I had. Then he took a look at the tubing. And I had actually cut the tubing down to the same size, the tubing that I had got. I had uh, uh, hacksawed through that and kind of deburred it and everything. He's like, well, why don't we just, he said, you're, the original stuff, it has the original brazing on it. And he said, it's such a thin walled little tube. Why don't we just use the tubing that you got? It's a thicker walled tubing. It's going to be more sturdy. It, you know, can take a little, uh, if it gets bumped or this or that. So anyway, I, uh, I said, all right. So he disappears for about, you know, 15, 20 minutes or so. It comes back out. It's all fixed up. It does now. It doesn't look like it came from, you know, the manufacturer, but it's a, it's a serviceable repair. And uh, I said, well, how much do I owe you? And, and uh, ended up, we, uh, we settled on it like $20. Now, normally these fabrication shops, he kind of was, he, he was sort of doing me a favor for that and, and helping me out. And I think one of the reasons that he did that was because I had gone through the welding supply place. And I said, hey, I talked to so-and-so, you know, over at at uh, Phoenix Welding Supply, and they gave me your number and thought maybe you could help me out. Um, so normally the way the fabricators work is, of course, you know, to them, time is money. And kind of like in a... a uh, oh, in a uh, uh, auto mechanics place or something like that you know they have an hourly rate that they're going to charge you basically their labor rate and as a fabricator they have that too and usually they'll be anywhere from like you know 50 to about a hundred dollars an hour and what he had said when I was talking to him on the phone he's like oh don't worry I'm not going to charge you my hourly rate because you know in the talking he would be like you might as well just buy a whole new thing if you're gonna if you're gonna pay me my my hourly rate which was about 95 dollars so and I said, yeah, if it's going to be that much, it's not worth it, you know, for me to do it. And quite frankly, had that been the, the case, I probably would have tried to like silver solder it or I'd have just tried to maybe find somebody who could have done it, you know, um, uh, cheaper, maybe that knew how to do brazing and stuff like that. So anyway, um, he does the repair. Like I said, the repair is fine. And uh, so I, I had real good experiences with everybody all around. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate. And again, like I said, I think because of the way that I, I went through it, I just didn't cold call the fabrication place and then have the guy be like, eh, you know, I don't really do that. But because I kind of maybe went through, I don't want to say something like proper channels, but, um, 
I, I kind of went through it in a way that it wasn't just like, you know, that I expected this guy to do it, to drop everything and do basically a very, very small job uh, for me. Uh, but because I, I kind of, you know, uh, communicated to the guy that, hey, I know you're basically doing me a favor and, and you're helping me out, you know, by this. So anyway, so let's talk about now that I got it repaired and I, I well, once I got it repaired, I came back and cleaned it up a little bit more. And the first thing I made was some apple juice and I used, oh, I don't know, maybe about eight apples or so. And I got about a quart of pure juice. Now, from some of the YouTube things I'd watched and some of the stuff that I'd read about, they said on some juices, it's going to come out more uh, pretty strong and you may want to cut it. And then they say, although, uh, you know, some people just want to drink the juice straight. So I ended up, I tasted it after I got it out. And you have to let, of course, let it cool down. But I tasted it and it tasted pretty good. Um, but I primarily use the juice as, as the liquid element for my smoothies. So, sorry about that noise there, guys. Uh, so what I, um, what I, for me, I didn't need it to be a super strong thing. And so what I thought was, well, I'll cut it and do like that one-to-one thing, which was what a lot of people said that they do. Now, when I did that, it still had a strong smell of the apple juice, but it made it so watered down that you really it, it, it wouldn't be enjoyable to drink just straight. As an additive to something, I think it would be fine. So I ended up having basically two quarts uh, of the stuff, so 64 ounces. Um, and I've used it since, uh, for that first thing, I've used it since in in making smoothies. And in that, it's great. You, it's fine. Uh, it doesn't, it's not an overpowering, you know, flavor or anything like that. Uh, but I, I think that with the apple juice that I made, that I would not cut it at all. And in fact, when my wife drank the straight stuff, she thought it tasted maybe a little watered down. And I used all just one kind of apple, which was a Fuji. And I think what you're, what can help is sometimes if you use maybe like a, a Fuji, maybe a Gala, um, maybe some Macintosh or something like that, and, and you get like three or four different apples, and then you'll get like more of a, uh, maybe a stronger flavor because they combine. I don't know. Uh, but I think that's what like a lot of the apple, the bigger apple uh, apple juice companies and stuff do. So let's talk real quick about, did I save any money? Was it economical for me to do that? And we won't talk about the, the cost of the equipment yet. So what I paid uh, to get the pot, what I paid to get the tubing and then what I had to pay to end up to, to get it repaired. If we look at, and we sort of have to compare the type of juice that I got out of there to the type of juice, what type of juice would you compare that to that is on the store shelf? If you're going to compare it to a treetop type thing or from a, like a cheap, you know, Kroger brand or a, a Fry's brand or something like that, I think the quality of juice that I got from the steamer is better. So it's more like that. Is it Martinelli's or something? 
Or am I making that up? Is, is that the, it's the one that's got the that comes in the glass jug, and for about thirty-two ounces, it's it's or was it sixty-four ounce? I can't remember how it is, but anyway, it's it's it's, a, it's much more expensive than something like a treetop. I don't know what the price is, but I would that's what I would use as a comparison of the straight juice, not of the watered down juice. So the one quart that I got that if that I got juiced was probably about five dollars worth of apples. The once I cut it, of course, just liquid that I would use in a smoothie, um, I'm looking at about two dollars and fifty cents a quart. So on that way, because how I was using, and that's even uh, cheaper than like the treetop stuff, I think. Or actually, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit cheaper because I would be getting 64 ounces. And usually I think you can get about 64 ounces of that stuff for around three, four dollars. So I, I came out a little bit ahead that way, you know, cutting it down. But of course, it wouldn't be as strong a juice or as flavorful a juice. But for again, what I was using, I was using the treetop stuff. And just dumping that, I dump like four ounces of that and then four ounces of grape juice and then throw that as the liquid base for the smoothies. So as a liquid base, I'm actually coming out ahead. As a drinking thing, I wouldn't. Um, for the grapes that I did, I bought, I went over to Sam's Club, or which is like a Costco. I went over there and I bought uh, like three, and how much were they? Like four dollar, I think they're about four dollars each for the grapes that I bought. I bought three containers of them, dumped them all into the steam juicer, and I I was disappointed with the amount of juice that I got out of there. I thought I would get a lot more. Um, I ended up getting about I want to say about seventy two ounces of pure grape juice. And I think with the grape juice, I think you could maybe cut that a little bit uh, because it was when I, when I tasted some of the actual grape juice, it was, it was actually pretty strong. Uh, So I think maybe that's what they mean with the grape with uh, maybe needing to cut some of the stuff. Now, I don't know how I would cut it. I would probably do maybe start off with a, with maybe four ounces and see how it did. So I would take um, 32 ounces, like a a quart of it. I would pour out four. So I'd have 28 and I would pour in four ounces of water, stir it up and kind of see what I got. Other people have said to do it about half and half. Also, some people will add uh, sugar or some type of sweetener. Mostly it's sugar. They'll add sugar to it and do it that way and, and kind of sweeten it up a little bit. Um, for me, I would just have it as a pure juice. So with the grapes, it was definitely, I actually ended up spending more money than if I would have bought a, a thing of, um, of, uh, Welch's grape juice, the white grape juice. Again, if I can cut it and it would still taste okay to drink, that would be fine. For me, I would probably cut it anyway. Um, because, I, again, I'm using it in a smoothie. So actually, those two quarts that I got are going to, again, turn into four 
So for that, I spent like $12 in theory for about four quarts. So, boy, I don't know. I don't think I'm I'm doing too well on that. Part of the problem is, is I'm buying this stuff either from a big box store or uh, I think I got my my apples as well from uh, Sam's Club. And what I need to do is I need to do a um, like a farmer's market type thing and get a bunch of them to where those, you know, uh, 10 or 20 apples that I use to get my apple juice, um, you know, over the course of all the stuff that I've done over the past week or so, instead of paying, you know, maybe $5 for a bag of 10, so paying like maybe 10 bucks or so, um, I'm ending up, uh, if, if I could get that same amount of apples for maybe half of that cost. So if I could get the volume that I had, but only pay maybe four or five dollars at a farmer's market, then I think I would really come out ahead. And the same with the grapes. Also, you can do, uh, you can get the juice for um, like peaches, for plums, for blackberries, raspberries, uh, you could probably do strawberries. I've heard of even people doing um, uh, uh, when they have like a bumper crop crop of tomatoes, they'll uh, get the juice out of the tomato juice, and it looks different, of course. It's a very um, light, light, light pink stuff. At least the stuff that I've seen. For me, monetarily, boy, I don't know unless you could get a good source for your fruit or for whatever you're going to going to steam down. I don't know that I would recommend somebody spending $80 at a minimum and just just to get into to get a decent one you're probably going to spend about 85 to about 120 was what I saw when I was doing my research. And I don't know that it would be worth it because what I think you could do is I think you might be better served by getting a uh, an actual juicer, like a juice machine, a juicer machine, juicing your stuff, and then getting a, uh, uh, they'll call them like a juice bag. Or you could even just use like, you know, cheesecloth or whatever, and then you strain it that way, and you you could then just sort of boil the juice. And I think you would get... You wouldn't get, I don't think, maybe as pure a juice, but it it might be a better thing for you monetarily long term. And I think that way you could probably do a little bit better. I've got a juicer, uh, which is an Omega juicer. And I, I can't remember if I did a, uh, a review on that. I'll have to go back and look. I don't think I did. I may do that on the next one. Um, but... Anyway, I think you could probably do a little bit better that way. Now, what I ended up doing as an experiment, and it's kind of a pain in the balls, but I did a canning. I I ended up canning the last batch that I did. So I have two quarts that I canned of apple juice and two quarts that I canned, that water bath canned of the grape juice. So that stuff, I think, will last... I know it would last a minimum of a year on the shelf, like in the pantry, and maybe at least two. But I would use that up probably before then. But anyway, um, let's say if you had like ten quarts or something like that, you know, I think you could uh, you you could do pretty well 
and uh, I want to say it lasts about most of the stuff I've heard is um, at a bare minimum it would go at least a year and um, on the outset at least two years and some people have said well basically it would it would go you know a good three to five years before you'd have to really worry about it um, because you basically you've pasteurized it so anyway the canning process I don't have a, an actual canning pot. I have an old kind of enamel stock pot, which I ended up the first time I did it. Um, when you can stuff in a water bath can, once you get your your juice in the can, or in the mason jar, excuse me, you put the lid, all that stuff has been sterilized too. You, you put that stuff, and once you tighten on your ring, you drop that stuff down into the water. And then it needs to cover it like an inch to two inches over. Well, the pot that I had, it, I got the coverage, but it was so close to the top that it was kind of bubbling over a little bit here and there. So it was a real pain to do that. Also, our water, but I was, but I was able to do it. But our water that I use from the tap is so hard and so shitty that it... it um, it coated the outside. It left like mineral deposits on the outside of the of the jars that I used. So for next time, we've got a, a little reverse osmosis tank in, inside the house under the sink deal. So what I learned from the very, very first apple juice thing that I did was I used tap water and I got that same problem. So I ended up using the reverse osmosis water in the juicer steamer and that that did a lot better. So I know, I think for canning... What I need to do is two things. I need to, number one, is actually get an actual canning pot. And then number two, I'm going to have to use the water from the reverse osmosis thing so that it doesn't um, leave like the mineral deposits and stuff. Now, the mineral deposits aren't going to hurt you. They're not going to kill you or anything like that. There's not going to be any real, you know, any ill effects. Now, some people would argue like if there's fluoride in there and blah, blah, blah. But anyway... We're not going to go down that rabbit hole on this show today. But anyway, um, it just makes the outside of the jars feel gross. And I think it may affect the flavor of it a little bit if it was, again, going to be a pure just uh, um, drinking thing. Now, also, what some people will do, this is kind of as a quick aside, what some people will do is they will, once they get the juice extracted from the steamer, They'll actually bring the juice to a quick rolling boil and then let it kind of simmer boil um, for a good five minutes or so. And then that way they completely sterilize and pasteurize it. Uh, so if there are any of you guys out there that do canning or make your own jellies or, or stuff like that. Now, I, I'm going to still try and make my own batch of jelly and stuff like that. And so maybe here in a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll do a follow up on that as well. Uh, but... I guess in in um, in thinking that I would be able to maybe save enough money on the juicing that it would actually eventually pay for the equipment, I think it'll work if I could get a good enough price at a farmer's market, and especially for me. So if we if we look back and we say, okay, you paid, I ended up paying ten dollars for the pot, then it got broke and I had to get it repaired, which was twenty. 
so now I'm into the pot for 30. Then I had to, to order the tubing and the clamp, which is another five. So I am still only into the pot for $35. And like I said, about the cheapest I could find one was about $85. And you got to pay shipping up to about $100, $120. So I'm still like $50 cheaper. And over you know the next few months as I do stuff, uh, I w- it will basically pay for itself. Um, also, I can u- you can use it, I think I mentioned last time too, and I haven't tried it, but I will. I want to use it to steam some um, fish, and I'm going to try and maybe steam some vegetables and see kind of how that, how that comes out. So, all right, well, I think it's uh, time for me to, to go. I got to go uh, run some errands here real quick. So, I don't know if this will be its own show or if I'll plug this in as part of a... Uh, uh, of another show. It, I think it's probably gone on enough to where it can be its own show. All right, my monkeys, I will talk to you later. Send in any experiences you've had with doing anything like this or any experiences you've had with canning or with um, uh, making jelly, things like that. I'm going to start trying to make a lot more stuff just to, you know, I can be a little bit more self-sufficient. And also, well, oh, you know, again, another thing before I go, the main thing that the steamer juicer does for you, and it would be sort of the same thing if even if you had a juice machine, but the main thing that the steamer juice does for you is it gives you a very, very pure juice with no pulp, no sediment, and you know what's in it. So you know there's no preservatives. You know exactly what produce and what stuff you've put into it. You control everything. So for some people the peace of mind of having that would justify the cost. Even if you never break even, even if it costs you sometimes more, you're getting probably a better product and long-term maybe you're getting something that's going to be healthier for your family. If from the only, even if it was only from the standpoint of, I know exactly how it was made. I know exactly what I'm putting into my body and what I'm putting in and what I'm, I'm giving my family to eat so all right well that is it monkeys stay safe and i will talk to you guys next time
This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Houdini!